Good day and welcome. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show, we continue on. Hour number three. Good to have everybody on uh, on the network with us as well. Our friends in lacrosse, WKTY, going to see them coming up this weekend for the tapping. I don't know, is it the tapping of the Golden Can or Oktoberfest gets underway? I'm looking forward to that. That I know, uh, but going to be out there this weekend and then the following weekend going to be down with our good friends at WVRQ Radio, Ernie and the Gang in Viroqua at uh, 1360 and Company. Going to be hanging out there as well. Joining us now on the line is our buddy Zach Heilprin, the sports director over WOZN. The zone in Madison as the Badgers got whipped up on by the Ohio State Buckeyes. So, first of all, how was your experience in this shoe there, Zach? Yeah, it was, it was good. I, uh, I think I spent all of uh, about uh, 18 hours, eh, maybe like 12 hours in Columbus. Uh, flew down day of and went right back to the airport and flew home. So, um, but that's kind of how I like to do Ohio in general. I know. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> I, I apologize to you, but that's that's kind of what uh, that's kind of where my mind is when I go to Ohio. Um, get in, get out. But uh, yeah, it was fine. I mean, it, it's Columbus, man. I mean that that environment, that stadium, those fans, the way that they do things is just all around at the the highest level of college football. And um, certainly, obviously, the product on the field looks that same way. So tell me what went horribly wrong for the Badgers. <laughs> everything um no like i mean right i mean like you could you could point to almost everything that went wrong um i mean maybe outside of special teams right i mean maybe special teams wasn't horrible um but you know everything else uh, there were very few positives to come out of you know saturday in general and um mm-hmm. i mean it starts with the start i mean you're down 28 nothing by the 13 minute mark of the second quarter you didn't give yourself a chance at all. I mean, they go right down the field with the first possession. You throw an interception. They score again. You know, you, you get uh, – I mean, it's 21 nothing. You're at fourth and two in midfield, and you punt the ball, hoping to pin them deep and, and get a stop. I don't know what Paul Chris was thinking in terms of stopping that offense. They haven't shown any ability to do it. And uh, they, they – you know what? I screwed up with the, with the special teams. The punter, Andy Vujanovic, had his worst game ever, uh, uh, headlined by that 23-yard punt when it was right. fourth and two. And so, you know, Ohio State's down and scores again. It was – the offense, I mean, the defense, not good. That's the most yards and points they've given up since that horrendous 2014 Big Ten title game against uh, Ohio State when they put up 59 points. Um, you know, the offense, you know, until late when they scored those, you know, a couple garbage time touchdowns in the fourth quarter, could not move the ball. Graham Mertz wasn't sharp at all. And, look, I mean, everything that could go wrong pretty much did go wrong for uh, for Wisconsin. The uh, the defense against that offense of Ohio State, you had mentioned most points they've given up in a long, long time since Ohio State got them in, in, in the uh, Big Ten Championship game. What was Ohio State doing that either was, one, so confusing, or two, they just couldn't deal with? I mean, first of all, you have to look at the talent, right? I mean, they, they are uh, a different uh, – it feels like they're just playing a different game at times. That's part of it. And then there were just miscues all around. I mean, there were, there were missed assignments. There were guys trying to make plays that were not their plays to make. There were guys that were sitting there, you know, trying to uh, do stuff that wasn't their job. I mean, I, the one maybe a perfect example of it, or even like just not playing free, a perfect example of it was on the first drive. Ricardo Holman knew exactly what was coming uh, on a little hitch route to, uh, on the outside. I think it was to, to Marvin Harrison Jr. And he read it. And he just, maybe it was just a, a quick little thing like, ooh, is this really what I see? And it was just that little bit. If he just goes and plays, that's a pick six, and Wisconsin's up 7 nothing. Uh, it was just those type of things 
just not playing free. And uh, it led to, obviously, what we saw. The uh, the Let's go with Graham Mertz. And obviously, Cundiff going down was a traumatic moment. It was tough to see because he was in excruciating pain. But the offense just... It never seemed to ever find a rhythm. It it, it seemed herky-jerky. The interception was ugly. It just looked bad. So is this something that they were just facing a defense that completely outclassed them? Is this the uh, foreshadowing of things to come, in your opinion? Or was this a terrific learning lesson against a top-notch defense? I think it was a really good learning experience for for them. Um, you know, Again, the the interception that felt like just threw everything else out, and the rest of the night, he just couldn't uh, uh, find a good rhythm to get in. I mean, he had 94 yards of passing, which was the second fewest for him as a starter. Um, you know, they were the, the middle of miscommunication between him and Chimray DK is something that just can't happen in that game. There were guys open. I mean, just the play right before half to Skylar Bell had a 50 some odd yard touchdown, and he you know underthrew it. So I, I don't think the offense. I mean, I think that's a that's a solid Ohio State defense. Not great by any stretch. Um, I still have confidence that the, the offense is going to be able to, to move the ball against most teams, and, and Graham Mertz is going to be able to throw the ball against most teams. But it does give you a little bit of a pause. The uh, the fact that Braylon Allen they they were stuck running the football because uh, Ohio State was not going to let them throw it downfield. So Braylon Allen still had a field day, but still churned out a lot of yards, especially after contact with the 165 yards. Had that 75 yard scamper. Uh, beyond that, 23 carries for 90 something or uh, 22 carries for 90 something yards. So a solid day at the office for him. But uh, that offensive line, while as we can say Braylon Allen did a lot of work, that offensive line in the pass, pass protection was just not good. Didn't give Graham Mertz uh, a lot of time to throw the football at all. Yeah, and it's, it's a tough, obviously, thing. It's a tough, obviously, thing to do with, um, with both your starting tackles out. Uh, Jack Nelson, one of the better pass mm-hmm. blockers in the country at left tackle, didn't have him. So Logan Brown forced to be over there and. Logan Brown hadn't practiced there pretty much at all this year because they had moved him over to the right side. You got Trey Wedig making his first career start on the right side. Tanner Bordellini, who's who's played some football coming in and, and you know making his first start of the year. It was a all those things together with a talented offensive or a defensive front for Ohio State and a crowd. And I mean, it was a, a recipe for disaster. I just, I mean, just this entire game, Bill. When I look at it, I I kind of. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to be like that. I mean, I expected them to get beat and get beat pretty soundly. They just never gave themselves a chance. And so mm-hmm. whether it was the offense, whether it was the defense, whether it was you know, a little portion of the special teams, whether it was Paul Christ, um, you know, Jim Leonard, like they just, just never gave themselves a chance. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway because the last time they went down to Columbus was in 2019. They lost by 31. That was the same deficit as Saturday night, and yet it feels just so much different this loss compared to that loss. It was 38 to 7. This one 52 to 21. That game was actually somewhat close for a little bit. It just this just feels different for the program um compared to where it was at at that moment in 2019. The I, and as I sat here and watched the game and then was tweeting just a little bit, um the questions began to come up. And obviously anytime there's a loss, everybody wants to fire coaches and stuff. But you lose to Washington State, you can embarrassed on national TV. Uh, you got to think that there's some eyebrows being raised as to how the rest of the season is going to go for the Wisconsin Badgers, right? Uh, yes, I think that's definitely the case. I don't think that they're anywhere close to uh, moving on from Paul Christ. I know that probably going to disappoint some people. Um, now, 
we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. Is there anything that could happen this year that Paul Chris won't be the coach next year? I don't think so. He's had too much success. Even as I think we can all agree, uh, the program is not at the level it, it was in you know, his first what, four or five years in the job. I mean, he had, he would double digits in four of the first five years. Right. And, and now here in year eight, it's, it's obviously not looking great. Now, would it, would it, you know, two and two, would it, would it be better if, uh, would you feel better about the team if they had not lost to Washington state? Yes, probably. Mm-hmm. And, and all that, but I, I don't, it's very difficult to see anything that could happen this year that all of a sudden Paul Chris wouldn't be uh, here next year. I, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I don't, I don't think that's even on their mind, but if uh, things, you know, maybe they go seven and six or six and seven, you at least have to uh, acknowledge that if you're an administrator like Chris McIntosh and at least think about it as you move forward into next year that, you know, the the seat would be a little bit warm. And if you didn't have progress next year, then then maybe you would make a move. But anybody thinking that uh, that this is somehow going to be Paul Chris done after this year or Paul Chris should be done right now. Um, I don't think is is thinking about this realistically. Um, by the way, we're talking with Zach Howard, WOZN out in Madison, our flagship station, sports director there was covering the Badgers. So the the after the game, did Jim Leonard address the media at all? He does not. He talks on Tuesdays. Okay, that's what I thought. I just didn't know if after something like this he might say something. So <laughs> right. Paul, I mean, it just because I mean th- th- this was this was awful, I, yeah. you know. And and even with uh, you know you can say well they were down early and all of a sudden in the blink of an eye they were down twenty eight to nothing. But the bottom line was the defense was giving it up like it it was water going over a paper towel breaking wide open. There was just there was no defense there. So yeah. you you know what did Paul Christ have to say after the game that maybe gave you not that he's going to get too deep into it but gave you maybe pause for thought. Yeah, the the uh, truly the only thing that gave me uh, pause for thought was how they handled the post game. You know, Paul Christ always talks, right? Like that's he always comes out and talks, and and he was asked some, I, I think at least a couple of tough questions, uh, specifically about uh, you know where this program is headed. Someone was, you know, I think Jim Polzine from the State Journal asked him, fans on the outside, they're, they're, they are distressed or, you know, not happy with what's going on. And that was even before this this game. What's your message to them? And he just said, we just have to keep it going. Like, he didn't, it was an answer. It was a Paul Christ answer. Um, the more interesting aspect of it is usually we get to speak to like 10, 12 players after the game. Uh, they only, the captains, this, this is according to UW, the captains decided they were going to speak for the entire team. And so it was only Graham Mertz and Keanu Benton and Nick Herbig and, uh, of what they said, they only talked for like four minutes total. So we, they obviously were disappointed. Graham Mertz has talked about how they are going to challenge, or, you know, attack this like they never have before, like any no team has ever done before. I don't know if you remember the Tim Tebow mm-hmm. thing way back in the day. We're gonna, you know, this we're gonna do that was a much lighter version of that, and you know, I got kind of the same message today from these guys. Uh, Nick Herbig said he tweeted out, uh, "Keep that same energy." Uh, yesterday and and it's in reference to the criticism that they have been given and he said today he explained what it meant and it was you guys are all writing us off keep that same energy in a couple weeks when we get back to playing wisconsin defense when you get back to playing wisconsin football keep that same energy when we're winning games um and uh and doing exactly what we have done in this program for a really long time i I think it's the idea of everyone overreacting to what happened saturday night and maybe there's some of that but i think that you know when you think about this over a, a few season aspect of it there, there are clearly some um not great signs i would say uh for the program okay I, and 
100% I agree it could be an overreaction if indeed this was their only loss. But I think the loss to Washington yeah. State compounds this. Do I you do. agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. If they, if I mean, Washington State has turned out to be, well, I mean, I guess we'll see. They kind of um, blew it against Oregon the other day. But they, uh, they seem to be a better team than maybe we gave them credit for. But just the idea of a 17-point favorite and the way that it happened, Bill. It wasn't that Washington State was a better team than Wisconsin. It was Wisconsin making mistake after mistake after mistake that gave them that game. And so, yes, we would certainly, I think, be thinking about this differently if it was just the Ohio State game. But when you compound uh, the the Washington State game, the 11 penalties, the missed field goals, the the turnovers, with an absolute no-show performance in the first 30 minutes of the the game against Ohio State, eh, the first 25 minutes of the game against Ohio State, it's concerning, and so I can understand why people are are, are so upset about uh, where this program is at. Uh, real quick before I let you go, uh, Twitter started to light up, and they were talking about the possibility of replacements and such. And I'll ask you the same question I asked Ben Kenny, and I said, "Look, I didn't bring it up. I'm not suggesting this, but it's something that I started to think about. Let's say the Badgers make a move." Do you want a guy like a Lance Leipold, a guy that's going to come in who's built programs, had success everywhere he's gone, to come in and take a chance on him to take a, a Wisconsin program to the next level? Or do you go with a national name who comes with a ton of baggage, a guy that's sitting out there like an Urban Meyer who automatically puts you in the national spotlight? Yeah, I, I would think that Wisconsin would go with the former. Um, the latter is about absolutely everything that Wisconsin is against. You know what I mean? with right. like What Urban Meyer... He is the the anti everything that Wisconsin uh, stands for, or at least you know wants to stand for. I guess um, he is he would be the absolute opposite of anything and everything that they have done here in the past. And maybe there are some people saying that that's what they need to do, but yeah. the the Wisconsin culture here uh, just in this moment that would not be it. I uh, I would be shocked beyond like that would be the, that, that would be the biggest surprise of all time of Wisconsin football. Uh, if they were to go that way. Now, should they go that way? I don't think so. I think you have to win a certain way at, in, at, at Wisconsin. And I know, again, people are going to be screaming at the radios like it's that that's this is it's not working. You have to try something else. Um, and I, I don't necessarily uh, agree with it. I, I think they've had success. They just haven't had continued success at the level that Paul Chris started. He, he raised the he raised the level to a place where people started expecting that. And they're n- not really close to that right now. And so. Um, a guy like Lance Leipold, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, Dave Aranda or something to that effect. I think Jim Leonard's prospects probably took a little bit of a hit this weekend <laughs> for some, yeah. and that's fine. Um, but I still think it, you know the next head coach at Wisconsin is going to be Jim Leonard. Uh, I don't know when it's going to be. So too. I don't know when now, it's going to be, but I think I, it's. I think that's going to be the case. For the record, that's what I think will happen. Yeah. Uh, I think what people's fear is is that Nebraska is going to hire Urban Meyer. No, and not. if indeed you don't think they will, no. I, I, first of all, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they will. No, I don't. I don't. Um, do they care about the baggage? Probably not. Um, no. But I, I think that they're going to go a different direction. I, you know, I, I saw the report out there that that was de- denied very, very quickly that they had made contact with him, and everybody else is saying no. There has been no contact between them. Um, I'd be I'd be pretty surprised if they went that way. I would too, but it, it, I just keep thinking that if they did and suddenly he put Nebraska football back on the map and started winning the West, the outcry will be deafening. 
yeah. if the Badgers aren't consistently I mean, beating Nebraska for, for that move. I, I just You can see on one hand, if they do go in that direction and it's a train wreck, you can say, thank God we didn't. But if he starts having success and bringing in recruits and suddenly it's Nebraska and Ohio State that are the top two teams in the uh, Big Ten, oh my goodness, yeah. the screams are going to be loud. I think the, the bigger concern at this point for Wisconsin should be what's happening in Minneapolis. Um, if you start losing them consistently, yeah, that to me is probably a, a much bigger issue than than Nebraska. But again, we'll see what happens the rest of the year. It's a, it's a, there's still a long time, as Nick, Nick Herrick said. A lot, a lot of football to be played here. Good stuff, Zach. Certainly appreciate it, man. And then we'll talk soon, okay? Right. Sounds good, Bill. Thanks. All right, buddy. Talk to you later. Zach Halperin, uh, Sports Director, WOZN in Madison and our flagship station covering the Wisconsin Badgers was over at the shoe on Saturday night and he witnessed the carnage that was a defense that was basically reeling on its heels, an offense that couldn't get going, and then they put up some points late, and uh, that was pretty much it to make it at least seem like it was a football game, but it was it was ugly, without a doubt. Uh, 877-867-1670, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip, and you can still, limited amount of time, they're going to give away that Winnebago Revel. you got to get in and get some, uh, get some uh, Mountain Dew products, use your Quick Rewards card, and you're good to go. But uh, stop in at Quick Trip. I was in there over the weekend, a couple times, as a matter of fact. Stop in and get a chance to win that Winnebago Revel. Going to be giving that thing away here very, very soon. You can get a Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew Energy, Bubbler, Muscle Milk, or even Evolve Beverages. Use that Quick Rewards card. You get additional entries. And you could be, you could be a winner of a Winnebago Revel. Good stuff from our friends over there at Quick Trip. We're going to step away, take a quick break. Coming up, bottom of the hour, stock up, stock down. That's coming up. In just a few, hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show is next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So you come all the way down and talk to Matt LaFleur during that final drive with the defense on. What was going through you during the two-point conversion, especially after you saw the fact that they took the five-yard penalty? Well, they showed it on the previous play, too. It was a delay on both plays. But uh, sometimes you see things in the game. Sometimes the Jumbotron shows things they probably shouldn't show, even at home. Uh, I saw something and just passed on the information. You know what that supposedly was? Uh, that the Jumbotron down in Tampa Bay was showing Tom Brady's tablet. There you go. Showing Tom Brady's tablet. So, uh... Rodgers apparently ran down to Matt LaFleur and said, hey, this is what happened. This is what they're going to run. Look out. Look out for it. Here it comes. Now, whether that's true or not, uh, Rodgers has not specifically stated. But if that's the case, the uh, the in-game Jumbotron operator and or cameraman, whew, oof, shame on you. Shame on you. Hey, uh, our good friends at Cunis, Cunis RV, Wisconsin's fastest-growing RV dealer. If you're in the uh, market for a motorhome, fifth-wheel, camper van, travel trailer, Cunis has you covered. Maybe you want to trade one in. Maybe you want to consign one. Great. They represent all of America's most reliable and best-selling RV and camper brands, Jayco, Alliance, Coachman, Catalina, Forest River, Nexus, Thor, Heartland, Keystone, Winnebago, whatever it happens to be. And uh, they are just fantastic. They take our all. They take RVs. Uh, they take them on consignment, big or small. They can sign them all. And uh, Cunis Automotive. Go to shopcunis.com. Shopcunis. K U N E S. Shopcunis.com. Again, shopcunis.com. Cars, trucks, 
RVs, camper vans, tow behinds, motorhome, whatever it happens to be, go to Cunis, K-U-N-E-S, and find it for yourself. They got some good stuff. So how about that? Tampa Bay, apparently, at least reportedly, allegedly, they uh, they show Tom Brady or a tablet briefly on the sideline, and Mister Mister uh, you know memory like Sheldon Cooper in The Big Bang Theory, uh, he gets that photographic memory and uh, runs down to the defensive coordinator and Matt Lafleur and say, "Hey, I think they're going to run this." They just showed it. And sure enough, it happened. So interesting stuff from the sidelines and Aaron Rodgers and company. But nevertheless, Packers going to win 14-12. to 12. They give up one touchdown, a couple of field goals, and that was it. That was it. Defensively, they played their asses off. Badger Bay says, as a former Badger under McLean, writing has been on the wall. Paul Christ, three years, maybe. He must be fired sooner, uh, the better. Recruiting going backwards, as is the coaching. That is from Badger Base over on Twitter. Uh, this is from uh, Streetwise Steve, who says, uh, I think the Badgers are in a really rough spot right now. You don't know if you're heading heading downward or you're going to suddenly head back upward. College athletics can be so ebb and flow. Do you give Chris another year to straighten it out or do you end it right now? No, you're not. Unless things go horrifically bad, you're not ending it right now. No, that, that's not going to happen. Um, you know, if it does it again next year, well, maybe you start to think about it. But otherwise, no, I I, I don't think so. I don't think it's going to go in that direction. Just my own gut instinct. Yes, Ben. It also probably should be said that McIntosh and the athletic department allowed Chris to recraft his entire staff this offseason, all on offense, like new coaches everywhere, which right. naturally I think gives him a little more time because right. this is kind of a fresh start. And then maybe he gets this year and next to see if it works. Well, here's the other question. What some would say is, did they allow him to recraft it or did they tell him to recraft it? I think he realized at the end of last year that things needed to change generally. Uh, new faces in there. Mm-hmm. But also there's the argument that if it really goes bad, then a lot of it is still on him. The fact that, you know, the linebackers are struggling. The fact right. that the offense struggles because he's the guy who hired everybody. Yep, no doubt. Um, but good points, good points all. By the way, uh, this is from uh, this is from who's this from? This is from uh, this is from AJ. AJ says, uh, David Bakhtiari yesterday. How do you think he played? I, I went back and looked, and I went to Pro Football Focus. Pro Football Focus has him as the highest rated pass blocker, the highest rated pass blocker the Packers had yesterday. Out of all linemen, he was the second to lowest rated run blocker they had yesterday. Even though I thought he sprung Aaron Jones on the outside and did a really good job, Yash Nyman was lower rated. John Runyon was even lower than that. Elton Jenkins, the top run blocker, followed by Royce Newman, uh, out of the, uh, and then Jake Hansen, out of the, uh, the offensive linemen. But when it comes to pass blocking, Aaron Jones was the best because he was blitz pickup and blocking downfield. David Bakhtiari, out of the line, rated the highest. Jake Hansen, uh, again, out of the lineman, second highest, followed by Josh Myers. 
uh, then Royce Newman, then Elton Jenkins, then John Runyon, and then Yash Nyman. Yash Nyman, out of all of the offensive linemen, the lowest-rated pass blocker yesterday. Tells you a little bit about the pass blocking and the passing game when Bakhtiari comes back, if indeed Bakhtiari is able to come back and be healthy, and today is a good day, and Wednesday is a good day to see him back on the practice field. But just, just some interesting stuff. Now, granted, I had mentioned a little bit earlier um, that you look at uh, David Bakhtiari, he only had 35 snaps yesterday, 35 out of 62. Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, all 62 snaps yesterday as Aaron Rodgers. Everybody else had less than that. But just some interesting news and notes. When we come back, time for Stock Up and Stock Down. We'll go through a couple of our calls. Myself, Ben Kenny, we'll give it to you. Stock Up and Stock Down. You can give us your Stock Up and Stock Down. We can get into some of the uh, the positives and the negatives from the weekend that was. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Stenny. Second and National Walkers Point. Great sports bar. It is the Cheers of Milwaukee. And uh, whether you're going to a Brewers game or whether you're going to start going to Bucks games, who, by the way, Bucks Media Day happening, Bucks, Marquette, Admirals games are on the horizon, Badger games, Packer games, they do it all. That's our friends at Stenny's running shuttles. Great place to go. And as they say, you should be here. We'll be back. More of the Bill Michael Show. Stock up, stock down. Coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's in Stone Bank, Wisconsin. Really, it's in Oconomowoc, but it's uh, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. And they got a lot of great uh, events coming up, a lot of good stuff on the uh, on the docket. But they're on County Road K in Oconomowoc. And whether it's some of their specials that they have, the events that they have, um, they've got terrific barbecue. Um, but I, I'll tell you this, not only their barbecue, but uh, they do a lot of private events and catering as well. Uh, they had a lot of, they had a wedding, I think, uh, the other day, as a matter of fact. And, uh, when the storms were rolling through yesterday, they were catering a wedding and still made it great, um, because there were some high winds and such, but took care of everybody. Stop in and say hi to the gang at Boondocks, Burgers, Barbecue, Brews, Stone Bank, Wisconsin, County Road K. Tell Tom and his staff, who are great, by the way, tell them we said hi. Time now for Stock Up and Stock Down. Let's do this, Ben Kenny. It's time for Stock Up, Stock Down. The key feature here is speed, trying to follow what's going on in the market so that uh, we can anticipate and catch trends as they occur. From this week of football. Time now for some Stock Up and Stock Down. My Stock Up, I'm going to start with a guy that we somewhat argued about last week. He impressed me. I still don't think he's 100% there, but he is certainly ascending without a doubt. And even though uh, he is already a Heisman candidate, he impressed me. C.J. Stroud with the Ohio State Buckeyes and what he did to that Jim Leonard run offense or defense. Man, oh, man, oh, man. C.J. Stroud gets my stock up for the day. Uh, I've got a lot more to go, but he's one of them. Ben, what do you got? Oh, I'll piggyback there. I mean, their national title chances went up on Saturday. They looked like a complete team. The defense looked terrific. Obviously, the energy in the stadium, but Stover at tight end. They did it all without their top receiver. I, they are a legitimate national title contender. Stock down. I'm going to go with Matt LaFleur. 
And the craptastic play calling after the fumble, it seemed like they got relatively conservative. They didn't have a lot of answers. The offense stunk, for lack of a better term. And I'm going to say the what has been pretty much a terrific start to a, a head coaching gig uh, yesterday down in Tampa Bay was a, much like that San Francisco game in the playoffs last year. Offensively, that was incredibly disappointing. Whether it was play calling by him or Aaron Rodgers, we'll never know. But since he's the one that takes credit for it, I'm going to say uh, Matt LaFleur, stock down. I'll go stock up for this game. Brian Gutekunst. I mean, it was a defensive one game, and Joe Barry deserves credit for that. But Quay Walker flashed. He had some big plays. You're talking mm-hmm. about Rudy Ford on special teams. Uh, right? Keyshawn Nixon, Nixon excuse me, comes in for Jair Alexander. Kind of a banner day for Goody and the construction of the team around Rodgers. Stock up. I can't believe I'm going to say this. But they did what they were supposed to do. The Milwaukee Brewers taking three out of four from Cincinnati. Yes, they lost yesterday, and everybody wants to. I, I don't understand that they lose two to one, and uh, all of a sudden people are wanting to fire Craig Council because they lost one game to Cincinnati, but they won three out of four over the weekend. They're a game and a half right now back in the wild card standings. I, I'm not going to fault them for that. Winning three out of four, doing what you're supposed to do, you take it. They're six and a half back behind the Cardinals right now. They're not going to catch them, I think, nine games to play in their season. But they're hanging in there. Now, whether that's a good thing for the franchise or not, I I believe it is. If you get to the postseason, you make a little extra money. But a game and a half right now behind the Philadelphia Phillies, who have lost two in a row, uh, stock up is the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to take a leave of absence if the Phillies choke away this postseason berth. I I might just quit (laughs) baseball entirely. I don't know how I would cope with it, but it'll be entertaining for all of you to to listen to me cope on air live. Uh, Stock up from the week, Mr. Lance Leopold. Leipold, the Kansas Jayhawks are 4-0. They are inexplicably not ranked because for some reason, writers around the country don't focus on the real stories. Uh, They look like a legitimate football team, and that's crazy to say about Kansas, but they're awesome. They're explosive. They're electric. They have a real chance in the Big 12. The Big 12 is wide open. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State this weekend, so nobody's dominant. I'm all in on them. The uh, stock down? The opposite side of the coin, Paul Christ took an absolute ass whooping, got bent over, pants dropped, and spanked in the shoe and looked like a deer in the headlights doing it. Stock down, I'll go with Paul Christ. I have a couple more. I'll cater to the fans here. Devontae Adams and the Raiders stock He's way on my down. List. They are the only team in the NFL to not win a football game. And I'll let you hit on what Devontae did. Raiders as a whole. Derek Carr looks stinky. They lose to the Titans. McDaniels over there, not good returns. And Bisaccia, meanwhile, is in Green Bay having a real impact. So big time mm-hmm. stock down there. Yeah. Well, go, I, I'm going to go with that, too, just because I don't know, I'll piggyback that real quick. Devontae Adams, five catches, 36 yards. He did have a touchdown, but five catches, 36 yards. Derek Carr, 26 of 44, 303 yards, sacked one time, pressured a couple through a couple of touchdowns, but also through an interception quarterback rating of 85.7 and it doesn't look good in uh in las vegas at all so i agree with you on the stock down my stock up um boy i tell you what the uh there's there's quite a few people that you could look at in all of this as far as being the stock up but you got you got to be able to give it to the colts they finally bounce back they get a win but they did it against the kansas city chiefs now, will the real Indianapolis Colts please stand up? They win, get a win 20-17. to 17. In the meantime, the Kansas City Chiefs, Eric Bieniemy and uh, and Patrick Mahomes, they're fighting on the sideline. They're arguing 
I'm also going to say, by the way, I got one more stock up before we get out of here. But they're arguing on a sideline. Stock down for the Kansas City Chiefs in one game. Stock up and stock down. Speaking of uh, fighting on the sideline or in the booth, did you see the video of Ken Dorsey of the Bills? I think it was Ken Dorsey. Just going ballistic. Went ape ass. That doesn't look very safe. No. He was smacking. And then finally the camera just goes (laughs) goes to white fuzz (laughs) after he breaks the camera. He went nuts when they could not get the snap off and they ended up losing that game. Now, one of the problems was uh, that Josh Allen, when they snapped the football on what should have been a spike, it, the ball slipped out of his hands. And he, because his hands were sweaty from playing in the heat and humidity down in Miami, and the ball just fell out of his hands. And he then had to throw a pass, which ended up being a quick out, and it didn't go for much, and that was pretty much all she wrote. They couldn't get the snap off in time, and he went A-pass! In the uh, in the booth upstairs, and that's the video the video that's gone viral. Yeah, so big yes, win for the Dolphins. My last one, stock down, is the continent of Europe. So the Americans take care of the international team in the President's Cup. Impressive fight. A lot of lovable guys on that international team that are young. Great golf all weekend. Uh, but the Americans look great for the Ryder Cup next year in Rome. Meanwhile, Europe, all of their guys went to live, and none of them are anymore. So tough Tough to be from Europe these days. My uh, my other stock up is the undefeated Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. They get another win yesterday. Now, granted, it was over the Commanders, but a pretty easy win, twenty four to eight yesterday, and they put up all twenty four points though in the second quarter. Jalen Hurts twenty two of thirty five, three hundred and forty yards, three touchdowns, one twenty three quarterback rating against Carson Wentz, who was pretty bad. Uh, No touchdowns, no picks, but just nothing to show for it. But they only scored. I shouldn't say they only, but they they dropped 24 in the second, and then that was it. They could have just blown the doors off of the commanders, and that that was it. They had a successful second, rested on the rolls after that. Not a great day with third down efficiency. But I'll give it to Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They did it at FedEx Field. And they are now 3-0 and on the season. Kudos to them. They look great. I will note, I'm just going to lay out some facts here. Doug Peterson has the Jaguars winning and looking awesome. They won yep. uh, against the Chargers in L.A. this weekend. Howie How Roseman has built a, a, a amazing roster in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz, he got sacked nine times on Sunday. Looked terrible. Yeah. People are wondering, you know, who was uh, to credit for 2017. By the way, if you want to go stock down, maybe you could say the NFL now. It depends on what you believe. But if you saw Tua, after he gets shoved to the ground, smacks the back of his head on the turf, gets up. Now, he didn't land awkwardly or anything. He just went straight backwards on his ass, flops down on the ground. His head snaps back against the ground. That's something that put Corey Kosky out of baseball. That's the same type of hit where you go back and your neck and, and head snap to the turf. You hit your head on the ground. He gets up after that, and like he, he becomes the scarecrow out of the Wizard of Oz. His legs go out, and he falls down again. So everybody in their brother assumes he's got a concussion. He continues to play, goes to halftime, comes back, and then has a spectacular second half, we'll say, and is able to guide his team on a, on a drive to end the game, and they win 21-19 over the Buffalo Bills. And obviously the Buffalo Bills had their opportunities, and they peed it away in both the end of the first half and the end of the end of the game. But... There's a lot of questions as to whether or not Tua should have even been on the field because he should have gone through concussion protocol. What the Dolphins said was he hurt his back. 
there are doctors now on the sidelines. There's protocols and, and, you know, low point levels that you're supposed to test through. All of that, I understand that. It just, to me, the old adage is, if it walks like a duck, smells like a duck, looks like a duck, is a duck. And I thought for sure, I thought for sure that uh, Tua would have been would have been concussed, but they said no. Uh, it's uh, he's nursing an ankle soreness and a back issue. Uh, Marcel Lewis Jacques uh, said Mike McDaniel said Tua is sore right now, which they expected. Added he's nursing some ankle soreness as well, but too early to make a statement one way or the other if Tua is even going to play on Thursday. He said I don't assume anything, but doesn't get into the specifics regarding a, quote, back injury. That's what they said caused Tua to lose his balance and lose his feeling in his feet to where he fell down. I don't, I still don't buy it because it looked like a concussion to me. But he came back and played and played pretty well towards the end of that ball game. By the way, uh, a couple of things I wanted to get to over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream for those of you. I didn't want to ignore it because uh, some of you were giving us the stock up and stock down. Uh, the, uh, the stock up was Romeo Dub. stock down was Jawan Winfrey stock up was Amari Rogers stock down Watson being hurt again, uh, stock up though, the punt team looking much better. So, uh, some good stuff there. And, uh, there's a couple more stock up Nathaniel and Nathaniel Hackett, uh, Rick says Nate Hackett, uh, which they got to win, but man, it's ugly. That was it's ugly. one of the worst football games I ever subjected myself to that, watch. Yeah, and I that, watched that the Big was, Ten every weekend. That was nasty. That was an ugly, ugly game. And you win basically off of, uh, you know, uh, of Joe, Jimmy Garoppolo throwing that pass out of the back of the end zone, which would have been an interception pick six, but instead it ends up being a two-point safety. You put up a, a couple of field goals in the latter portion of that game, and ultimately you get a win 11-10. to 10. Oh, he Dan Orlovsky'd it. Yeah, I know. I saw Dan Orlovsky on Get Up this morning just taking all kinds of abuse because he ran out of the back of the end zone, and he was, like, out. Dan Orlovsky did everything but <laughs> run down the tunnel and throw a pass. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, just oof, not good by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. When we come back, don't forget, coming up in the uh, next hour, Mike Clemens is going to join us, going to break down all the sound and such coming out of last night's contest, talk a lot about it. So we're not done quite yet. Stay tuned. Got a whole lot more coming up this portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends, Lyle and a gang at J&L Tire Service. J&L Tire, good people over there. They're great. They do a lot of great philanthropic work in the community, a lot of donations. But if you just want somebody that's honestly going to fix your car, your truck, uh, your semi, if you're cruising around out there and you're the over-the-road driver, whether you need tires, oil changes, or some major repair, that's the place to go. J&L Tire right there at the Johnson Creek exit, just north of 94. You can see it from the highway. J&L uh, Tire. Go to jnltire.com. That's jnltire.com and also up in Watertown. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held on to beat the Buccaneers 14-12. Green Bay was up 14-3 before the Bucs' Vita Via forced an Aaron Jones fumble just before the half. Aaron Rodgers after the game. We had three really good drives. 
before the turnover. Then they tightened up a little bit. They went to some more man coverage, and we had a lot of penalties and just missed a couple opportunities. The Packers matched the strength of the Buccaneers' highly rated defense despite the 90-degree heat in Tampa. Alan Lazard, who scored on a six-yard pass from Rodgers. Tough out win. Hopefully we won't play in weather conditions like this again <laughs> um, for obvious reasons, but great, great team one. David Bakhtiari finally returned to action at left tackle and said after losing to the Buccaneers in Tampa 38-10 to two years ago, this win was important. I think for our season and this team, and then particularly you know for the guys that were here in 2020, and then even for me, my I got knocked out of this game. I remember this morning I broke my rib. So to come back out here, finish the game, beat them, uh, there's a lot of positive takeaways. I'm just fortunate, blessed, happy. So the Packers improved to 2-1 and one and host the Patriots on Sunday. The Bucks suffering their first loss of the season and hope to get some of their starting receivers back in the coming weeks. Tom Brady. The guys went in there, they fought hard. We just, just too many, too many mistakes. Even if, you know, I looked like me, we had a chance to make a lot of plays and we didn't. Doesn't matter really. You know, the guys that were in there, some of the guys did a great job with their opportunities and we just got to keep doing it. So we're 2-1. There's a lot of football left. Um, we'll keep working at it. Doesn't get easier next week going up against the Chiefs, but you know, no one feels sorry for us, nor should we. We just gotta go back to work. That's Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady. With the Packers, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. About 15, 20 minutes away from that. Going to talk with him about uh, about this Packers win yesterday. Some news and notes real quick. Packers right now ranked 26th via pro football focus points scored in the NFL. 26th. Meanwhile, their defense over the last couple of games has gone up to 8th in points allowed. Now, that's a, the reason I point to that is because last year, a lot of their numbers, statistically, they were in the top 10, but points scored, they were not uh, as the season wound down. So to be eighth right now after the first three games, and spe- uh, specifically after they got knocked off in that first contest against the Minnesota Vikings, they've come back pretty strong. Uh, their defense overall is ranked 19th via pro football focus. Their offense, though, is ranked 7th because of the strong run game that they have and their special teams is ranked 31st so their special teams overall it's mainly for the fact that they just you know they the amari rogers muff from last week a couple of times they had opportunities to return punts and they didn't you wonder yesterday when he had a couple of blockers ahead of him and about 15 to 20 yards of daylight why he chose to fair catch it i can only guess that they said hey you're going to end up with decent field position don't just fair catch it. Don't worry about getting upfield and the risk of fumbling away the football and giving Tom Brady a short field. Just fair catch it, and let's uh, let's take some time off the clock. That's the only thing I can think of. Otherwise, it was just a, a blunder on Amari Rogers' part for not returning that punt. But for the most part, the special teams has been better, but still ranked thirty first by Pro Football Focus off or overall as a football team. The Green Bay Packers right now grayed out as 13th, 13th. So not bad, not great, but not bad by any stretch of the imagination for the Green Bay Packers. So now you just kind of wait and see. 
if they continue to progress, specifically on the special team side, if they continue to go up and get continue to get better. So we're going to get to the top of the hour, and uh, coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens, uh, get his thoughts on yesterday's game, and that's coming up here in about 15, 20 minutes from now. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends in Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros. Don't let the name Milwaukee fool you. They go all over. But Milwaukee Bed Bug Pros... You can, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of uh, bug you have, whether you got stink bug, bed bug, ants, roaches, whatever. They're safe, they're effective, they have thermal and chemical options. They kill the eggs as well. You got to get a hold of my buddy Michael over there. Go to call Michael, 414 877 5811. They travel outside of the area, 414 877 5811. 414 877 5811, or go to Milwaukee They can help you out. And whether you have residential, townhome, multi-unit apartment building, condos, dorm rooms, hotels, motels, resort, daycare, medical facility, got to give them a call. Even if it's for maintenance, give them a call. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.